And believe it or not, it has been 15 years since the attacks on our country. And specifically here being so close to New York, we remember that day very vividly. Uh, We were living up in North Jersey at the time, and uh, our son Luke had a close friend whose father perished in the World Trade Center. And I'm sure all of us have some kind of close connection with people who lost their lives, loved ones who lost family members and friends. Um, And it's one of those times where we know that we need to remember, but sometimes it can be hard and difficult. Because like I said, that was a day that none of us will ever forget. It's a day that is uh, just marked in our memories with images, videos. And um, it is right and it is proper for us to remember that. Today is 15 years. And something that they do in New York, the memorial, every year on the morning of the 11th, is they read the names of all 2,996 souls that were lost on that day. Can you imagine? And they go for about an hour or so and they read every name. And I think that's so important because 2,996 is really an amazing number. But that's made up of individual people, individual souls, brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers and best friends and cousins and co-workers that lost their lives on that tragic day. And I remember just where I was, as I'm sure all of you do as well. And Claudia and I were driving into work. Uh, we used to work at Merrill Lynch and uh, in the financial industry for many years before going into the ministry. And uh, we were on our way to work. I remember hearing it on the radio and just could not believe it. And when we got into work, um, of course, they had it on the, the TVs there. And, and down in the lunchroom, they had it on the big screen TV. And as uh, you can imagine, we didn't get any work done that day. We were all gathered together, the whole complex watching, and watching the uh, tragic events unfold. And like I said, these are events and, and pictures and images that you, um, you'll never forget. And... Uh, So I just think it's important that we just spend a moment of silence and then I'm just going to lead us uh, in a time of prayer for all those who are still struggling with that loss, however closely connected you were to that. So let's uh, just sit quietly, uh, just reflect on that for a moment and then I'll pray. Gracious, merciful God, today we come before you, some of us still with heavy hearts, as we remember the events of 9-11. We mourn for those who lost their lives, who lost their loved ones. We're also at the same time humbled by the bravery of all those who risked their lives to save others that day. The bravery of the passengers and crew of 
Flight 93. We remember images of strangers carrying each other out of buildings. We may still even remember how the world responded, supporting us as a country, even declaring, today we are all Americans. Lord of all, would you teach us to find strength in humility as we remember that day? Teach us to see always the frailty, the beauty, the value of life in light of this national tragedy. Remind us of the way that the compassion of this nation's people was revealed in open doors, open arms, and open hearts. We remember all those, Father, who, even today, still suffer from great loss. But Father, may we continue each and every day to heal, and that you may use us to help each other heal. And that as we share your love, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, may we always remember we are people of hope. We are people of hope for the future, but may we never forget. Amen. You know, we, um, as I mentioned where we were on that day um, 15 years ago, I mentioned that Claudia and I worked at, um, we worked at Merrill Lynch, and um, many of you remember Merrill Lynch, and uh, I was there for about 11 years uh, in the financial industry and uh, working in very different capacities, and it's a company that had been around for decades, many years, and um, just a stalwart in the financial industry. And just um, not long after I left, we had the Great Recession. And um, of all companies, right, some of these huge companies, Merrill Lynch fell. And um, I like to think that it was partly because I left, and then what were they to do, right? But um, they were since bought out by Bank of America. Just a little bit of information. I don't need to really know that, but... Um, Claudia and I worked there for many years together. For three years, we actually worked and shared the same desk. We worked overnight shifts because back then we uh, had to be registered brokers so that we could place trades because crazy people with a lot of money would call at 3 a.m. and want to place a trade for the next day. They would call up and just want to make sure their money was still there, even though they called about four or five hours ago. Um, and uh, we kind of learned early on, you know, we don't ever want to be rich, and so therefore, we're not. So, But that was a decision we made, right? We made that decision. But um, it was really interesting times working there, and uh, not to sort of date us, but what's really interesting is that uh, while we were there, Claudia was actually chosen to be a leader on the team that developed and launched Merrill Lynch's very first website. Isn't that amazing? We can still remember the time when there was no internet and where companies were like, what's a website? Like, why do we need something like that? What is internet presence, right? And today we certainly take it for granted. I mean, you just as a person can have your own website. You can have it up in five minutes. And, you know, we're so connected today, right? And we use Twitter and Facebook and all of that. But uh, back in the day, as they say, it was brand new. It was new technology and it was a new thing. So 
Here Claudia was helping to develop the very first website for a company like Merrill Lynch. Pretty amazing time back then. But um, what I wanted to do is just at the beginning of the message for this morning, uh, and you'll see just in a few minutes how this ties in, what I wanted to do was I wanted to show you for just a few minutes our brand new website as Trinity Bible Church. It's something that we've been working on for a while because I do believe it's really important how we represent ourselves to the world. And so it's important that we are up to date in every way that we can be that makes sense. And so you'll see up on the screen in just a moment, you're going to see the new homepage. And if somebody would be willing to just turn the lights down in here, it'll be a little easier to see. You can just, um, you can fade all of them and turn them all down. Some parts of the screen you'll uh, be able to see a little better than others. You can turn them all the way down, even the ones up front here. Um, and you know what? If you have your uh, smartphone, uh, you can certainly go on if you want as well. It'll be easier for you to see. But it's fully integrated and mobile and all that. But here is the home page, and you'll see it says Trinity Bible Church. And again, some of it might be a little uh, small for you to read up on the screen. But the idea is we have a brand new web presence. And there is the home page. Um, and uh, at the top, there should be, if you refresh it, there should be some, um, you probably refresh it, and there should be some, some uh, things across the top. You'll see it'll say home and about and stuff that you see on pretty much any website. It'll probably come up in a little bit while we're talking. But as you go and see, you're going to see it probably says navigate up there. But it's got so many features that we're used to so that as we as a church use it, but especially as visitors to our church who are searching for a local church to get involved with or to visit, that they will find out uh, more about who we are. So it's got a lot of similar features that we're used to. And it'll say at the top home and about and resources and how to give and recent sermons and all that. And so if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see that page remains the same back there, and you'll see it It basically says, join us Sundays at 1030. It gives uh, directions, and it says um, what to expect. Uh, directions, that's all integrated, and you can just put in your address. It'll take you right here. Um, if you click on what to expect, you can click on that. Just for a moment, you'll see each time you click on something, it brings you to a page, and um, you don't have to read it all, but you'll see there's information there about what to expect, what our worship is like. And even down to a question that a lot of people have is, what do I wear to your church? Does everybody wear? And so I, you know, I made sure to say that clothes are not optional, right? No, I didn't say that, right? I didn't say that. But, you know, people ask that question a lot. You know, does everybody dress up in suits? Is everybody casual? And, of course, we're, a, you know, a Jersey Shore church. And so we are very casual. You're allowed to wear whatever it is that you feel comfortable wearing. And so you can go back uh, back to the home page, and you'll see just under that, we have our learn, grow, and serve. And so you can click on one of them, just doesn't matter which one, because when you click on each of those, it brings you to, to a page and describes in detail why we value these things, like learn, grow, and serve. And it's got all the information there. What does it mean that as a church that we learn together? You can go back. Um, to the home page and you'll see what that means so if you clicked on each one of those you would see that and as you scroll down uh, you'll see that the gospel as we believe is central to what we believe in here it is uh, central there and so we have a scripture up there and uh, also if you click on what it says what is the gospel that's important I think that uh, we don't only say the gospel is uh, central to what we do but remember, you know, you never know who's going to be looking for a church and who's sort of, 
you know, bouncing around the internet. So we have in detail what the gospel is. And it lists the whole story from Genesis to Revelation, the whole gospel story. And so you can go back. And so very detailed, a lot of information on here. And so that is what the gospel is, how to get connected. And then finally, if you scroll down, you'll see at the bottom, it's got information about Pastor Keith's blog. It's something that I'll be updating regularly. The first post is there. And it's all about hope. And I would like to encourage you, if you want to take a note, to uh, to visit that later today, because our new um, web address is trinityallenwood.com. Pretty simple, easy to remember. And pretty soon in the coming days, if you Google it, you'll see it. Right now, the old one is still up. But the old one, if you go, it'll tell you to to, uh, to visit our new site. But trinityallenwood.com, easy to remember. But uh, I would encourage you to go to visit the first blog post that I put up there because I simply just wrote a little bit about what it means to be people of hope. And uh, a few months ago, actually back in February, I had the great privilege of being interviewed by Jim Leary, many of you know him, for a podcast that he does called The Hope Podcast. And I got to share my testimony about my struggles with anxiety and depression. And it's about a half an hour to 40 minutes, and so the audio is up there. And I would encourage all of you, when you get a chance, to, uh, to click on that link and to listen. And uh, so that'll be a regular place to, uh, to update. And then also later this week, you'll see there'll be a thing on there that says subscribe. And you can subscribe to the podcast, to the sermons and all that. And then you'll see on the right, it's just got a view, a quick view uh, of upcoming events. But if, you, um, if you're able to click on, I don't know if you'll see it there, click on the, the view of the calendar. Um, there's events and you can click on different views. If you go up, you'll see that's the highlighted event. It's our yard sale, but if you click on the calendar, it fills in our calendar and you'll see each month things that are coming up so that there's no excuse for not knowing what's happening here at Trinity, right? Because I'll say, did you check out the website? And so, of course, with a web presence, we're going to keep this updated. So there's a few of us that are um, are able to go on and, and update things, update the events as they happen. And, uh, of course, every sermon will be on there. Uh, shortly after the Sunday message, and so you can go back and listen. Actually, if you can go up and just look at that, I'll probably be the last thing we do. If you can just find where the um, the sermons are, uh, the current sermons, um, it's either at the top, probably both top or the bottom, where you can find that. Yeah, if you go to the navigation, you should be able to see that. That's what you'll see either on the side or across the top, that navigation bar. You'll see it's got everything in there. It's about who we are of our story and part of our history there. It gives a, a little bio of the leadership and all that. So take some time to check it out. There's a lot of great information. But if you go to where the sermons are. Oh, sorry. Probably go a little bit further down. Hey, sermon. Some of you have pretty good eyesight there. I can't see that. So you see it's got, it's got um, the current series. And so once we start our new series in a couple of weeks... That'll be up there. That was the one from Galatians. But if you check on, click on where it next to that where it says all sermons, view all sermons, it's got them all up there, up to date, okay, as of last week. So you can listen to it, you can download it, it's got all the information, all right? So you can just go back to the homepage and we'll end there. But um, trinityallenwood.com, you'll see it's on the back of your, um, your bulletin as well. If you'll notice, the, the new information is there. We have new emails as well that we'd like you to start using in conjunction with it. So if you want to just email the church in general, it's info 
at trinityallenwood.com. It's all on here, so keep the bulletins. And uh, if you want to email me directly, it's simply pastorkeith at trinityallenwood.com. All right? So new emails, new web address. Check it out, and uh, pretty soon, uh, even if you visit the old one, it'll bring it right to it. But just keep checking that out. Uh, I think almost all of us, uh, we use and we visit websites regularly, many, many throughout the day for different reasons. And so here is a great opportunity to, uh, to let your friends know that we have a brand new website. We are also on Twitter. How many of you use Twitter? All right. Well, for Claudia and I, it's good. So Claudia and I will talk to each other through Twitter. What a great sermon that was. It was awesome. So next week we'll be talking all about what is Twitter. <laughs> so here's an opportunity for you to learn all about it. But our Twitter handle is simply hashtag Trinity Bible NJ. And it's going to be, you can connect to it from the website. And you'll see the little uh, Twitter icon. But um, just more opportunities to, to get involved. All right. And uh, it's really important. So here is how. Thank you. You can. Thank you so much, Ashley. Appreciate that. Um, and I guarantee you, when you go on your own computer or your phone, you'll be able to read every word. Okay. Um, and so here's how it ties into the message. Okay. Very simply, the passage that we're going to look at today, just a few verses, is Second Corinthians five, just eighteen to twenty. You can turn to it. It'll be up on the screen for you. And just for the next um, uh, ten to fifteen minutes or so, I just want to. Just look at this. Just put it all up there on one screen so we can just leave it up there while we talk. All right. But 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20, this is that passage that tells us that we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. It is extremely important, and something we all know but need to be reminded of often, it is extremely important how we represent ourselves individually and as a church to the world around us. Would you agree with that? It is so important. And how often, unfortunately, throughout our lifetime have we seen Christians from around the world, unfortunately, misrepresenting the gospel and the church with what they say and what they do. But we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. right? And it is so important that we represent Him well. And in today's society, things like having a good, up-to-date, and informative website, right, that people are used to looking at, makes such an impression. Because it is so, um, it's even just talked about so much in marketing and promotion, whether it's in businesses or the churches, that, um, that you have a good, up-to-date website. Because it says so much about you. It said, you know, that those first impressions mean a lot, right? When you walk into the building, there's first impressions. When you visited a church or you walk into a school or maybe an office or whatever it is, you have impressions. You go to visit somebody's house. Right away you notice like how they decorated, how their furniture is lit. All that kind of says stuff about us. You get a feeling, right? So that's why it's important that we, we, um, that we have a lot of respect and we take pride in our building. Right? The resources God has given us. So when you walk in, there's an impression, right? We have great greeters who say, Hey, how you doing today? Right? Praise God for that. It's awesome because it's an awesome first impression, right? Just the colors, the, um, that, you know, that are there, the cleanliness, 
right? Everything, all of that goes, goes into first impressions. But the same thing holds true for the internet. We all know that, right? And so we have a brand new website just to let people know, hey, we're here and we're growing. We're learning and growing and serving together. Come and join us. If you don't yet have a church family, come check us out. If you want to know what the gospel is and ask somebody, come and find us. And you can let your friends know, check us out on the web, and they'll go to the brand new website, trinityallenwood.com. But it's all because how we represent Christ to the world in every way is incredibly important. And it's important to recognize as well, it's not just the fact that we are living the Christian life on Sunday mornings, but even more important, that as we leave this building, and as we go back into the real world, as we like to say sometimes, that we are representing Christ 24-7. So we are called to be ambassadors. Now, what's interesting is that most of you probably know what an ambassador is, right? It's a representative of one country that goes to live and to be stationed in a foreign land. And they have an embassy, which is sort of an area of land that is sort of owned by the host country, but really is designated as land, right, from the, the, um, the sending country. And so an ambassador is somebody, a person, a man or woman, who represents the government, the leadership, or even in a, in a monarchy, the king, right, the king of that country. And so an ambassador never speaks for himself. An ambassador always brings the uh, example and always brings the instructions and the will and desire of their country, of their leader, right? And so it's important that we understand what the role of an ambassador is. Now, I found it interesting. One of our favorite shows as a family used to be West Wing, a great show. Um, it was just so well made, just a, so many insights into the government. I remember that there's this one episode where the president is welcoming in a new ambassador, the ambassador from the United Kingdom. And uh, there's all ceremony, right? There's a ceremony, this sort of a pomp and circumstance when a new ambassador is welcomed in from a, to a country, right? And he is called, he or she is called, the ambassador extraordinary and plenipotentiary. How often do you use that word, plenipotentiary, right? You're like, well, okay, whatever you say, right? So that is what is bestowed on the ambassador, right? You are now ambassador extraordinary and plenipotentiary. But here's what's interesting about that. Those two designations mean this. Extraordinary, I think we know what that means, but in terms of an ambassador, it means that it is somebody who is sent to a foreign country on a temporary mission, not permanently, temporary so an ordinary if they were ordinary it would mean that they are sent there like for life that's sort of their their life commitment and calling but extraordinary or extraordinary means that they are sent for a particular mission and, re- and reason maybe for a time for a year or five years or whatever for a particular purpose and season so they are an ambassador it used to be called minister right some of us might have heard it be called a minister right but an ambassador extraordinary and that other big word I said is plenipotentiary, right? Now, sometimes if you go to business conferences, you'll see that there are plenary speakers, which means that they are going to be speaking all throughout, okay? They kind of have, um, you know, sort of a free reign. It means that they are speakers for the whole group, okay? 
So plenipotentiary is simply a really big word made up of two Latin words, which simply mean this, full power or full authority. So an ambassador who is called extraordinary says, you are going to this foreign land to represent us, right, for a reason and a time, but you are given all full in power and authority of the government. So when the U.S. government, when we send an ambassador to another country, right, they are given full power and authority to represent the U.S. So you know that they don't have, that ambassador doesn't have the freedom to say and to make policy and make decisions about what he wants. He represents the will of his country and his government, you see. But here's another thing about it. They don't go and sort of just represent the country as an ambassador between 9 and 5, right? It's not a 40-hour work week. That is a 24-7 ambassador. That's a 24-7 calling, which means no matter what they do, whether they're at the embassy, whether they're at a meeting, whether they're out playing a round of golf with other government leaders, they are 24-7 representing that country. They are always the ambassador. They are the highest ranking official in that sending government in that foreign land. Right? Their character and integrity, they serve to authenticate the meaning uh, and the, the desire and the will of that country or kingdom that he or she represents. An ambassador is a messenger with the power and authority from the leadership, from the king. Now, sort of uh, as any minister or missionary would in a foreign land, an ambassador needs to learn the language of that foreign country so they can communicate. They need to learn and uh, adapt to the new culture and traditions. Right. So I would hope that you would kind of see where I'm going with all of this. But in this passage... The Apostle uh, Paul, he says that we are all ambassadors for Christ. So let's just look at this passage real briefly. I want to highlight a few more things of what it means to be ambassadors and what he calls us to represent. Okay, that's important. He says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled, that's an important word to make note of, he reconciled us to himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. So we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Let's look at that word reconciliation and reconciled. Uh, before we do, one last thing. Sometimes ambassadors are called diplomats, a foreign diplomat, right? There's also diplomats, but we know what it means to be diplomatic, right? That you want to make sure that there's no tension between two parties, right? You often maybe can find yourselves when there's two people arguing, you need to be diplomatic and kind of bring peace, right? That's what a diplomat does. You know, saying that um, he doesn't represent war but peace. So let's first remember, we need to to remember our position before Christ, before we can look at being ministers of reconciliation, that when we are born, we are at enmity with God. You realize that? 
we are born really at war with God, at odds with God because of our sinful nature. We are separated from Him. We, here's our position before Christ. There is a holy God whose justice must be satisfied, but we are helpless sinners who can do nothing at all ourselves to satisfy it. See? Romans 5.10 says, For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? See, we were enemies of God, but through Christ we are now reconciled. We know what that means. simply means something that was broken and separated, brought back together. Reconciliation, right? And so, we have this full power and authority to carry out the plans of our King, but what is that plan? Here's what he says. It is the plan for reconciliation. It's that ministry we've all been called to. Here's what reconciliation looks like. It's bringing back together something that was separated. It also means bringing two things together that don't match up. It's used in like accounting or bookkeeping, right? When you reconcile the books, it means there's something off. There's a number. If you reconcile your checkbook, which you can learn all about in Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, right? How about that for a plug right there? You reconcile something because it's off. It doesn't match up. See, that's our position before Christ because we are taking our own will as truth and gospel and not God's will. So our will is going this way and here is God's will. We have gone astray. So it's only through Christ that we can be reconciled to Him. Right? But it's not only us with God. We are now called to this ministry of reconciliation to take the good news of the gospel this truth about reconciliation, and take it as his ministers, as his ambassadors, and share it with the world around us. That we are to take the good news, the simple good news of the gospel, and say, as he says in the end of this passage, we are on behalf of Christ, that we are imploring or begging you, some versions say, become reconciled to God. Isn't that what uh, our main message should always be? And of course, we know there's so many people that don't even recognize that they're separated from God. That's why when you share the gospel, you've got to start with, what does it mean to be a sinner? Oh, you say I can be saved and have hope. Well, hope from what? Or saved from what? Right? That we need to recognize, first, we are separated. But what brings us together is this ministry of reconciliation that begins and ends with Christ. But we are now ambassadors of that a message of reconciliation, right? Um, I had mentioned once when we, went, when we went through Galatians and we talked about justification, you know how when you're typing out a Word document and you can choose how to justify the text, you want it all the way to the left, all the way to the right, you want it justified center. The idea is that you want it to be lined up. That's why they chose that word, justification. How do you want it aligned or lined up? And that's what, Um, the gospel really represents that we are um, misaligned that we are out of alignment with god but through christ we can be realigned reconciled brought back together with him okay we are also ambassadors of the truth it's important that it's that we recognize that okay ambassadors for christ right 
When we say um, that we are ambassadors of the Word or of Christ, that means truth, that we have to hold that truth um, close to us. You know, it's interesting. Um, I just want to read this for you. In 1 Corinthians, in chapter uh, 1 and uh, verse 17, and then later on in chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, uh, Paul talks about how he says, I don't come with eloquent words or eloquent speech. You know that passage? And, and uh, he says, I just come with a simple gospel. I'm just paraphrasing there. But Paul is saying, you know what? It doesn't take eloquent speech or amazing choice of words to get the simple message of the gospel across. So the great reminder there is that, you know what? It's not just preachers or pastors or missionaries who are called to be ministers of reconciliation. That's every one of us here in this church. That we are all called to bring that hope and to bring that message of reconciliation. But you know, why does it seem so hard for us to live that out? To live out that Christian life? Why does it seem like in everywhere we turn there's problems trying to live that out? I think the answer can be very simple. It's that we view our lives still as our own that we are often more committed to the purposes of our own little kingdom than of the kingdom of god see that's what we do is that we kind of go back to representing ourselves we are our own ambassadors of our own little world our own little kingdom rather than remembering that once we have surrendered our life to christ we surrendered it we no longer have it or own it to do with it what we will Scripture says that you are no longer your own. You were bought at a price. Right? That we were bought by the blood of Christ. So therefore we do not have that right to represent ourselves. We are now ambassadors for Christ. And representing His kingdom. Right? And I'll end with this. Let's also remember that when I said that an ambassador is called extraordinary and plenipotentiary, it means extraordinary Because it is a temporary assignment in a foreign land. As Christians, we are citizens of a different kingdom, aren't we? We are visitors in a foreign land in this world. Let us never forget that we are spiritual beings. I mentioned last time that we have supernatural powers, right? Through the Holy Spirit. And so we serve a king of a supernatural kingdom. And we do believe Scripture teaches us that one day he will return For us His church, and shortly after, He will establish His kingdom on earth and we will reign with Him. Isn't that awesome? Always still being ambassadors for the one true King. So let us also remember that too. When when you're finding that struggle, remember, first of all, that we are ambassadors for Christ, not of ourselves, but also that we are temporarily here in this world, representing Him. One day He will call us back home to our home country, to our native land, right? The glorious heaven. But until that day, we represent Him in this foreign land. And so we need to remember it's a 24-7 calling, right? That we're given all power and authority to do that through the person of the Holy Spirit within us, but to represent not ourselves, but to represent the King. So it's always important that we are reminded that how we represent Christ, even how we represent Trinity as a church family, it means a lot. 
it means a lot because there's this saying in, in Christianity and in churches that's so popular that perhaps the person that you meet today, that you might be the only time they get to meet Christ. Or you are the closest thing to Christ that they will ever see. You see what I mean? Meaning that we are called by God. In His great sovereignty and wisdom, He chooses us, His church, to be His ambassadors. He chooses us to represent Him. He chooses people to reach other people. Right? So let's always remember that how we represent Christ, no matter where we are 24-7, that is so important. Again, our character and our integrity right, authenticates the King who sent us. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the great Word, Lord, from, from uh, the Scriptures that remind us that we are given this great ministry of reconciliation to bring that great hope to the world that every person can be reconciled to their Maker, to You, our God, to be brought back into right relationship with You. God, thank You for choosing to use us. But God, we want to be willing. Each and every day, every moment of every day, we want to be willing to be Your ambassadors, to represent You and Your will and Your commands and Your teachings. God, that it would not be our own. And that we would put our little kingdoms aside and remember that You bought us with a price when we surrender our lives to You. They are no longer our own. And just as You call uh, us as ambassadors, we know that uh, we want to represent You well and represent the true King. So God, would You give us the strength to do that, to rely upon the Holy Spirit, to bear His fruit within us, And that, God, we would be willing to take that message wherever and wherever. For you have called us to be ministers of the ministry of reconciliation. God, thank you for reconciling us back to you. A holy God and us as sinners being brought back into right relationship with you, justified before you, all because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And only in him do we have that hope. So we thank you for that, and we praise you, God, that we just ask that you would help us to remember that always in Jesus' name. Amen.